the other day I'm talking to a colleague, an expert in leadership, and I'm telling him how the next few episodes are going to be all about storytelling in the workplace. And he said something to me that kind of surprised me a little. It was this. To some of the leaders that he advises, storytelling is a fad. And I thought, huh, this is the thing that humans have been using to organize cultures since before we could form speech. And here, there are people who think of it like NFTs or skinny jeans. Now, in fairness to my friend and to the leaders he was referring to, I don't think it was meant pejoratively. Rather, I think they just don't know how or when to use storytelling in the workplace. And I should mention that this skepticism is something I've seen firsthand. I give seminars to leaders on the subject of storytelling, and I see this tentativeness. And when I do, I usually say something like this. The only people who think of your employees as employees is you. To everyone else, including and especially your competitors, they're consumers. And those people are spending billions upon billions of dollars every year to tell stories to your employees that are designed for one purpose and one purpose only. To influence their actions. Giving someone a paycheck and a list of things to do is little advantage when faced with the countless demands on your employees' attention that come in the form of storytelling. If you want to compete with that, if you want to change minds, change hearts, you have to tell stories that are every bit as compelling. You have to create an environment where storytelling is allowed to flourish. The kind of storytelling that cuts through that noise. Because if you can do that and do it well, you can transform your culture. And that, dear listeners, is why for the next few episodes, we'll be talking to experts in storytelling, in human performance, in leadership, to discover why you need to think of storytelling as more than a fad. And the first person we're chatting with in this series is Steve Pratt, veteran storyteller, producer, and journalist of over 25 years, as well as co-founder of Pacific Content, which has created compelling, award-winning podcasts for such brands as Facebook, Dell, Morgan Stanley, Ford, Audible, Shopify, just to name a few. Steve joins us at the Nexus. Steve, you have told stories in just about every medium imaginable, in every context imaginable, and for just about every audience imaginable. So I'd like to know, with respect to storytelling in a workplace, where do you see it as having the most value? If you have a complicated idea or you have a concept that you would like people to understand, just telling them what that is is so much less interesting than hearing somebody's story that demonstrates it showing instead of telling. And I'll give you an example. You know, this is a, a while ago now, but it, there was one about an Everest expedition that went wrong. And it was that they had all made a decision to say, well, you know, if we get to this point and the weather is bad, we're not going to summit. Oh, you are talking about the expedition that was covered in John Krakauer's book, Into Thin Air. Yeah. And they got to that point and the weather was bad and they're like, we're so close. 
We've spent so much time preparing for this and so much money. We're going to go for it. It'll be fine. And it, it turned out horribly. And then you kind of pull back from that, like, that's what sunk cost bias is. It's taking all the effort that you put into preparing and all the money you put into it that leads you to make bad decisions. When you're making a decision, take it at current value and discount all the things that have come before it. The Everest story makes you not forget what sunk cost bias is. That's the whole name of the game. If at the end of the whole thing, in five minutes, I don't remember any of it, you failed. Okay, so what you're describing really is not unlike a case study at a business school. Some people are lucky enough to get concepts in the abstract, but most of us kind of need to see that concept applied in a real-world situation. So case studies are a great example of telling a story to illustrate or make a point. Knowing that, why is it that some businesses seldomly apply storytelling in their workplaces, and when they do, they kind of do it badly? I think the tendency is like you're thinking about what's in it for you, like why you're putting it out is, I would like to sell something. Put yourself in the audience's shoes. So when you're telling stories, you're actually creating images in people's head. They're having theater of their mind. They're having little movies take place in their head, wondering what people look like. Or when you're describing scenes for people, they're imagining all of it. And in some ways, having people who are just downloading an enormous amount of information in a short period of time doesn't play to that strength. And if I can get you bought in and imagining scenes in your head, you're in, like you, you win. You want to have enough curiosity built up that people want to stick around to figure out how they solve the problem or if they solve the problem or what happens to that really interesting person that they care about. So curiosity, for sure. And I don't even really think it's stretching the idea to say, some suspense in a story, even in a workplace context, is good, as is a little surprise. Yeah, and it's true. You are reminding me of something that a guest on a forthcoming episode of The Nexus, Dr. Peter Jensen, said. And what he said to me was, the point of any story or any message is the reaction it gets. Think about the listener first and really think like, would I listen to this if it wasn't coming from me? Would I listen to this if it wasn't coming from my company? Out of all the things that our employees or our potential customers could be listening to, why are they going to choose this and what's going to be valuable about it for them? At Nexus, we're dealing with all kinds of clients, companies that are at various levels of maturity with respect to storytelling. And even the ones who are pretty advanced who kind of understand storytelling's power to you know, illuminate and inspire people and perhaps even drive business growth. And yet they still can screw up the execution a bit because, you know, for whatever reason, they overthink the words or they choose to ignore what's happening inside their comms ecosystem before they push that message out. What, what are your thoughts on that? The show itself in some ways is a piece of marketing, but the marketing needs marketing. You know, that to take the appropriate amount of time and resources and work and preparation to make sure that you're doing the right job on all that, just vital. Like we talk about it on day one. It is not a wait till we're close to launch thing. It's day one talking about that and think about like, what are all the different ways that you can reach people? And you start thinking about email newsletters, websites, social media, apps, employee bases, intranets. Like like there's so many different ways that, that brands can reach. And, and, and a lot of the times it's like very large numbers of people you can go from zero to a pretty significant audience quickly if you market it properly and leverage the strengths that are already inside your company. Okay, so million dollar question. What do you say or what have you said to 
uh, skeptical business leaders, ones who are unconvinced about storytelling's value or application. We have done so much work in this space now that we have a lot of data and a lot of case studies. If you drop people right into a story, they're in, you get them like a minute, minute and a half in, they're there to find out how it ends. Purely from a business logic point okay. of view, stories um, work. Love the confidence, but Steve, I'm sure you've had uh, clients, as I have, who have asked me straight up, how can you guarantee me that by telling this story, it's going to lead to X, which could be something like behavioral change within a business that maybe incrementally leads to culture change and then perhaps even business growth. What do you say when they put that to you? We have a lot of different ways that we can provide measurement back to our clients to show the, the effectiveness of a story. And Brandlift study is a really good one of having third-party research company do kind of a control and exposure group of people who have listened to the story and people who haven't and ask them the same set of questions of what they think about the company. And it's a single podcast episode, a single exposure to it. And it's not shocking, but like, I mean, it does really, really well. It's something like, you know, 66% of people have a more favorable impression of the brand after having listened to a good story than if they hadn't. Okay, now you are raising something that we should probably pivot to before we let you go. And that is the power of the stories you've told for brands. And I think it would be fair to say that you've discovered that you don't even have to tell a story about a brand in order for that brand to enjoy some lift from that story, simply by being the person who sponsors the telling of it. In some cases, you know, you can even think about as a brand, what are the feelings we would like people to feel when they think about us? And what are the values that we want to reflect as a brand? And then start thinking about what are the stories that are going to create those emotions or reflect those values. Everybody knows who makes the podcast the same way everybody knows who makes Game of Thrones or Curb Your Enthusiasm. Like, I know HBO makes it, but none of those shows are about HBO. And there's not HBO executives wandering around in Game of Thrones trying to get people to subscribe. Like, we know who makes it, and we're very grateful that you're making the right show for us, and we know what you stand for by the choices you make. Go out and make a real show, and people know it's you. And they like you better for the fact that it's not you talking about you or trying to show how smart you are. And it doesn't mean the show doesn't come from your DNA or your values. Like, I think you should always make a show that's really very specific to who you are and, and you know, show that only you can make. But it's more around like, what's the gift that you can give your audience that only you can give and not the bragging that you can do on your own show. <laughs> Steve, as always, it's been great to talk to you. Thanks so much for making the time. Thanks. On our next episode about storytelling, Logic rarely changes anyone. Dr. Peter Jensen is a performance coach who's been working with executives and Olympic athletes for decades. In all that time, he's learned a thing or two about the power of imagination to drive performance and how storytelling can unlock it. Your body doesn't speak English. They speak imagery. Dr. Peter Jensen is our next guest on The Nexus. Now, if you're one of those leaders I mentioned off the top who's wondering how and when to use storytelling in your business, we at Nexus have a point of view on that, and it's this. The best time to be telling stories in your business is any time. 
but especially during times of trouble, such as, I don't know, off the top of my head, a looming recession. Now, if you're a leader, and that sounds like something your organization might be facing, then give Nexus a call. For 25 years, we've been helping clients create resilient, high-performing work cultures through storytelling, and we can do the same for you. Find us at nexuscommunications.com. That's N-E-X-U-S communications.com. And if you like what you heard today, why don't you tell a story about it? Rate us or like us on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you happen to feed your podcast, Jones. The Nexus is produced by Alexa Paveo with editing and sound design by Justin Moy. I'm Chris Nelson. Thank you for listening. <laughs>